You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. My name is Jared. I'm here with Andrew. And we are this week talking about the country of China. The country of China is 23rd on the 2020 World Watch list. Last week, we talked about a country that deals with a national identity and expectations from its citizens to conform and how that causes problems for Christians. Well, this is the same kind of situation that believers face in China, except on a bigger scale. Yeah, so China is a massive, massive country. And it's notable uh, that for for centuries, it's been one large uh, unified empire on a scale that uh, historically is rarely seen. The DNA of the country of China involves having this unified national identity. And in the 21st century, that involves the ideology of the Communist Party and making sure that is preserved. Yeah, and sometimes that ideology is uh, ideology is forced. Mm-hmm. People and groups that seem to go against the government are silenced, uh, whether by arrest, violence, social pressure. And this, unfortunately, includes churches and Christians who share their faith. Mm-hmm. Now, Jared, China, I know, is actually a country that's close to your heart. Yeah, that's right. So a few years ago, and this was actually before I even got involved with Open Doors, I had the chance to travel to China and I was able to work with some local believers and uh, worship with our persecuted family in China. And it was uh, an amazing experience. I can imagine. Uh, So what were your interactions like with uh, Chinese Christians? Well, so first of all, it has to be remembered that, uh, like we said, China, China's huge. China's a massive country. Um, The situation for Christians can look different depending on where you are. Uh, even though the government's expectations are uh, overarching for everyone. But in general, uh, in China, there are a handful of religions that are technically legal, including Christianity. You can be a Christian as long as you attend one of these established government-run churches. Uh, They are called in China three self-churches. Churches that are seen as too large or too political or maybe uh, too invested in foreign interests are shut down. Um, And the other thing to keep in mind that I just want to point out is that the situation has changed uh, since I visited a number of years back. Uh, Many more churches, uh, even these government-run churches actually, have been shut down in recent years. In 2018, selling Bibles online in China was banned. Um, Now, I worked uh, at the time with a team of undercover missionaries. And again, this was was, uh, long before I started working with Open Doors. Um, but since then, uh, because of the growing pressure in China, um, those folks have been forced to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, you uh, didn't even know the name of Open Doors when you went to China. I didn't, no. Uh, so in China, uh, the state comes before all else. Yes. Children under the age of 18 now are restricted from attending church or Sunday school. And uh, religion in the public sphere is banned. Public workers uh, have to sign documents acknowledging that they have no religious affiliation. Yeah. 
the state is the the quote unquote religion in China. I remember one particular conversation that I had with a local, um, you know, I was working with my missionary friend and we were chatting with this local who's not a believer. Um, and he asked, are you Christian? And we said, well, yes, you know, it's legal to be a Christian. Um, we said, yeah, we're Christians. Are you? And he says, no, no, I'm not. And, you know, we asked him, well, what do you believe? And he replies, well, you know, I, I believe in the government which is such an interesting thing to say, um, at least for, from my perspective. It's that mindset of believing that the government above all else that has created pressure for Christians, because in order to conform to the government's expectations, Christians have to keep their faith to themselves. Mm-hmm. So you said that you were able to spend time with persecuted Christians in China. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I, I spent time in a few different locations. I was mainly in the city um, where there's obviously more people and therefore there's more of a government presence and therefore it's more dangerous. Um, but I was also actually able to travel into this really rural area uh, way out there and meet with Christians there. We traveled to a village uh, where we attended a service, a church service. And this church is this little small building with nothing but wooden benches and a pulpit. And we had church there. And it was so amazing to see because some people in the village came, but others came from all over the region just to attend one church service on a Sunday morning. And, um, and I don't mean like, you know, a short drive in a car. We were way, way out in the mountains, right? Way out there. And uh, I remember one specific group of people came uh, sitting in a horse-drawn cart and they had ridden for two hours over the mountains in this cart just to attend church service. Wow. That's, uh, that's incredible. It shows uh, how, how much they value church and how precious Jesus is to them. It does. And I, I admit that at the time I felt a little bit convicted about when I have to, uh, uh, you know, wake up and, and go to church on Sunday morning and um, how tired I sometimes get. Puts that in perspective. But even that particular church service lasted for hours and hours because everyone was so excited to be there. Um, there was actually a number of different minority ethnic groups who were there. Uh, each one stood up and they uh, sang a song that came specifically from their culture. And, you know, I didn't understand any of it, but everyone loved it. Uh, someone preached. And again, I didn't understand what was said, but it was no less wonderful. Um, we celebrated communion that day and we used tea and rice cakes. That's amazing. Uh, and so uh, was this, you had mentioned about legal versus church services, illegal church services. Was this a legal church service? Yeah, this was a legal church. This was a registered church. Um, uh, and that's, I think that's why people were so eager to be there because it was a designated spot for them to be allowed to worship openly. But actually that same week, I was able to travel further uh, with this team into the mountains, into a place where there wasn't a legal church. And that actually gave me a sneak peek into the lives of these believers. Uh, we visited the home of one of the sisters and uh, she hosted what was an illegal church service for the local believers in her house. Hmm. Tell, us, tell us what that was like. Well, it was at night, uh, like I said, in someone's house. Remember earlier I said that the situation changed depending on where you are. So this is way out in the middle of nowhere, uh, like I said. And so truthfully, you know, most of the locals in this little village who aren't Christians themselves, they honestly don't care that much. 
Um, I think there were actually people at the service who weren't Christians. They were just simply there because it was a social gathering. For them, it really wasn't a big deal, but it doesn't mean we weren't careful because, you know, after the service, we drove out of the village in a car with no lights on through a road in the forest so that no one would follow us. They knew that if there happened to be someone who decided to alert any authorities, there absolutely could have been trouble for people who were uh, proselytizing against the government. Yeah. But we were in this lady's house and people were singing and dancing and um, they certainly made no effort to be quiet. Um, it was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Hmm. Yeah. So even the threat, the threat is there and it goes to yeah. show again how it's the government in China that, that wants to keep everything according to one strict standard. Yeah, exactly. And it gets a lot worse for Christians who live in an urban area. So, you know, where the, in this, in this place where I attended church, there wasn't that much of a government presence. And like I said, the locals aren't really the ones who are concerned about it. Um, while I was in the city, I didn't attend any church services, not at all, even legal ones for fear of drawing attention to the people uh, whom I was working with. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so for Christians in China, even if, uh, even if they're technically allowed to be a Christian, uh, there's a lot of obstacles. Yeah, there really is. And like I said, it has gotten a lot worse over the years. Um, I'm not sure if the church that I attended is still there or not. But uh, you know what? I was I was sitting in that village at the time in this illegal church service undercover. Uh, I was chatting through a translator with a Chinese Christian widow. And I was thinking about all these obstacles that she had faced. Uh, there's the geographic obstacles, you know, living in, in the mountains in a very remote region. Um, there's the obvious political obstacles. There's the, the persecution and the pressure to not be a believer. And yet, uh, there we were, joyfully worshiping God. And they had the gospel. And, you know, I, I would be lying if I said I understood exactly uh, how the gospel had reached them in the sense that I, I don't know uh, how far back the tradition of Christianity in that area reached. But um, what was clear was that all these obstacles meant absolutely nothing to God. The gospel of Christ is still there, still thriving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's China that, that ex- has exploded under persecution, right? Mm-hmm. Through, the, through the 60s and 70s, uh, where China seemed dark to the world and people didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when, when they got the brief glimpse inside, they found a church that had gone from a very small church to, to millions of people. That's exactly right. It's not the fastest growing church in the world, but I believe it's in the, in the top few, if I'm not mistaken. Persecution uh, didn't, didn't stop the church from yep. growing. In fact, it, um, it helped the church to grow. And so mm-hmm. it's always something to keep in mind when we think about persecution and the persecuted church is that uh, God is not taken aback by it. God is not uh, blindsided by persecution and he's not uh, particularly hindered by it either. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so let's talk, uh, as we always do, about some ways that we can pray for the church. Specifically today, let's, let's talk about ways we can pray for the church in China. And so uh, these are our current prayer requests, not based on your trip, but based on... Right. Uh, on what we know today. And so uh, we can pray for continued strength for existing churches, pray that they continue in their faith despite opposition. Mm -hmm. We can also pray for Christians who convert specifically from a Muslim or Buddhist background. 
Uh, they are the ones who often face the most opposition because their families might cut them off for leaving the family faith. And we'll pray for, uh, for the youth in China. The increasing yes. restrictions are specifically focused on them. With limited internet access restrictions and restrictions on being allowed to attend church, the government is very much focused on making sure the youth are devoted to the national ide- ideology. And so we want to see a movement uh, among the youth uh, that are devoted to Jesus Christ. And so let's pray together. Father God, we come before you on behalf of our brothers and sisters in China. God, we thank you for their example. We thank you that regardless of the obstacles, they continue to serve you, continue to worship you, God, that they put you first. God, we pray you would strengthen our brothers and sisters today, those who are facing uh, many obstacles, much opposition. God, we pray today that they would know your love and your strength, your hope, that today they would persevere through those obstacles and opposition, God, and that they would continue to uh, go after what you've called them to do, continue to share the gospel and see many more come to faith in Jesus Christ. God, we pray for, particularly today for Christians who have come from a Muslim or Buddhist background. God, we, you know that the additional persecution they face, you know how they cut off from their families. God, you know how vulnerable this makes them. And so we just pray that you would, uh, just, God, put your arms around them today. God, that you would uh, shadow them with your love. God, that they would just be so blown away by your presence and your spirit with them. God, that they would know that they are never alone that you are with them and that we stand with them in prayer today. Jesus, we pray that you would uh, strengthen them today. God, may they persevere and continue to grow in their faith in Jesus Christ. And God, we think of the young people of China, God, particularly the young people of the church who the government is trying to target and keep from growing into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. They're trying to keep them God, they're trying to conform them to, to their likeness, to the likeness of their ideology. But God, we pray that you would work in all things, that they would be conformed to the likeness of your son. God, that you would raise up a generation who would be so devoted, so on fire for you, God, that they would continue to see the church grow at an unbelievably, at an unbelievable rate, God, that many would come to faith in Jesus Christ across China, God, and that it would overwhelm the country with the love of Jesus Christ. God, may your gospel continue to be spread. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this week for the World Watch Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be back with us next week. In the meantime, please give us a follow on social media at Open Doors Canada, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved and then click Prayer. Prayer.